All right, you know what this music means. This is episode six of the ATO show. Bill Simmons and Tim Bontemps are on trial. Let's go. Uh, all right, so let's talk about a tr- troubled team a little bit in the East, a good troubled team in the East, which is a team that uh, Tim has been around with the Celtic. Well, Jalen Brown has been horrible, for one thing. I mean, listen, they they have a lot of problems. They have a team full of guys that don't really get to the rim. Uh, they have a team full of guys that don't really pass the ball, other than Gordon Hayward. They are having Gordon Hayward come back from his injury, which is a factor. I mean, they have a lot of guys that aren't shooting well. They rank 27th in the league in uh, free throw attempts. The Celtics have a lot of talent, but I, I look at the mix and I just don't, I don't really see where the offensive improvement is going to come from. Shit, this is going to be fucking easy. <laughs> so, so this was a couple weeks ago, but I just feel like NBA writers can be so obtuse sometimes. These are fermented takes. These are nice and stink. That it's been it's been out there in the compost pile for oh yeah, it's smelling glorious. Honestly, a lot a lot of the stuff he said was like basic facts, but then the fact that closing it with like what like I don't see where the improvement is going to come from when you just got done saying that everyone's been bad. Uh, no one's attacking the rim, and they're not hitting shots. Gordon's it's such hurt. A funny, yeah, it's such a funny like. These are all things that are happening that are just out of control. Right. But where is it going to be better than that? Look, Jalen Brown is trash. Everyone's been assassinated, but there's no way this team is ever is ever going to get better. There's just a failure of imagination. It's so like we had to listen to this for two weeks. Let's keep listening. I know they're having problems, and I know they're, they haven't played to the level that I think we all expected to start the season. But as I watched that game the other night, the end of that Raptors game, the thought in my head was, here is the Eastern Conference Finals. I was going to say, I'm taking the Raptors because Kawhi was so far and away the best player on the court the other night, it wasn't even funny. For the first time... In two years of this podcast, we're going to talk about the fans. I'm only slightly exaggerating. <laughs> but specifically, I want to talk about Kemba Walker. Von Temps, you love him as a player. Um, you said something to me earlier that I think is interesting, so I'll let you say it again here for all the people. Go ahead. I think for the past two years, he's been a better player than Kyrie Irving. Come on, Timmy. <laughs> Who cares about the numbers? Who are you trusting? When the game is on the line, when a big game Kemba is on the line, Kemba Walker hasn't played in a big game in two years. Are you out of your mind? I love you, but damn, Kemba Walker is not a better player than Kyrie Irving. Oh, no. Kemba Walker, no. Kemba Walker is played on the court. Exactly, you're proving your point. <laughs> No, but again, <laughs> if, if Kyrie Irving was on the Hornets, where would they be? Oh, my God. <laughs> this was just like one of the funniest moments I've heard on a, on a podcast this year. But Tim, Tim Bontemps wants to say something. I mean, I don't why, I don't understand what the laughing Okay, I mean, listen, you can you can laugh, but again, you're you're not looking at you just look at the look at the data. 
totally out of your element. Okay. You can make the argument looking at the data that Kemba Walker has provided more lift to his team over the past couple of years than Kyrie Irving. You can make that argument. Follow the data. Kyrie Irving has a ring. <laughs> and, like, Kyrie Irving is, like, respected by the Warriors. Like, as much as... Um, all us like armchair GMs, all us podcasters, all us bloggers, you know, and, you know, numbers. I, I, le- I like looking at numbers every once in a while just for some context. But we don't know the game as well as the people who play it every day, who literally live it every day. Like, I, I don't think we give players enough credit for just how immersed they are in the game. You know what I'm saying? I think we just kind of like treat them like people who just do this. You know what I'm saying? I just happen to be talented and do this, but they literally have to, they study so much more film than any of us do. They live this every day. They're always, they're constantly immersed in this world. And I think you're right, Matt. Like you can make that Kemba Walker case, but I think it's funny that this take has aged horrendously because Kyrie Irving had a bad, start to the year but he's just been pretty much fuego ever since he got the haircut yeah. like the, the playoffs I mean, are a different animal as well particularly yeah. late in the playoffs anybody that watches the celtics for the last like five years sees that you there's there's an amount that you can exploit in the regular season just by playing hard and playing like not like an idiot that's why there's something different about the playoffs because like talent is wins in the playoffs. kimbo's still cool though i'll take Kyrie. Yeah, Kim is cool. All right, let's continue. Next up, Bill Simmons. And then Kyrie will make me miss NBA players talking about which member of TLC they want to date after he talks. He's way too transparent. He's kind of turning into the Lena Dunham of the NBA. You're a genius. Just stop talking. <laughs> I remember the genius of you. Like, I always knew you were good, but I was like, why would he interview her? Like, oh, she's I, great. I, I she's like, one of the smartest people I ever met. <laughs> Can I defend Lena Dunham for a second? And don't get upset because she has weird quotes. Like, guess who has weird quotes? Everyone who's talented. Too easy. <laughs> Indefensible. Yeah, so this one is actually bad. Um, earlier this year, Lita Dunham had discredited a sexual assault survivor, and about a week after this podcast aired, uh, she revealed that she did not have the inside information she claimed to, uh, but she has been indefensible for a while. I Honestly, like, not even about leaving the Lita Dunham, like, thing aside. I don't know. I, people kind of go out of their way to, like, in a horror, I don't know. I think this is pretty gross in my opinion, but they go out of their way to, like, kind of, make light of him uh, sort of representing like his mother's heritage, his late mother's heritage with, you know, the Sioux tribe and everything like that. And they kind of like roll that into the flat earth stuff, which is not good folks. It's a total He's disservice sort of, to him. He walks the walk. Can I just I'll say, let you go. At what point are we just like, yeah, no. At what point are we just like, uh, Kyrie was on a fucking podcast that his player was, doing on the back of a plane and he's like what can i say on this stupid thing that will be hilarious and he's like i'm gonna say fucking flat earth it's like a thing that i just saw because i'm like following all these like motivational instagrams and they're like alluding to the fact that there may or may not be a flat earth this will be hilarious and then it is and then everybody's talking about it and then everybody's subscribing to the podcast they're smashing that fucking like button and it it's going to plan but now he's also stuck with the fact that 
people actually genuinely think you think there's a flat earth. And it wasn't even in the context. He's like, there's definitely a flat earth. He's just like, I've been looking at some Instagram posts and they're making me question my reality. I think with Kyrie, he's a genius and he's like the, the stuff he does with the ball. I've never seen anything like that in my life. But then you get to Atlanta at three. And to go all in on Trey Young with this whole, we want to be Golden State and he's our Curry. It's like, ah, that's, so he's had a pretty different life than so Steph Curry. So when they Curry. get the next Donovan Mitchell with a number 12 pick in the next draft, that's not going to change the line. No, I want them to trade that pick to the Celtics for Jalen Brown, but we can talk about that later. Your guy Danny has such a war chest. If Davis is going to be traded, you're going to have to come up with an amazing off to beat what Boston can put on the table. I, are our players that good? I don't know. It was a lot higher than them three weeks ago. Jalen Brown. The way he's regressed, I don't I don't think he can no, be the lead person. I mean, he, he has I'm not a saying they are. Different role. It's a completely. I mean, they went from the main two to he's a role player. The worst thing that happened to Boston this season from a Davis standpoint is the regression that Jalen Brown's had. No, that's wrong. I think that's got to be the Kings pick uh, who have already banked 13 wins and whose value is really only recoverable by a, a great deal of lottery luck. I mean, they're headed for 30, 35 wins. I think that value has declined. Uh, you could, well, hold on. You, you could make the argument there that that's actually probably safer to have them get away from the one pick. No, no, I, I don't think so. I think with the the flattened odds, especially. Well, that's, well, that, that's where I would go from here. So the, the other thing is the Kings have to play out West. You know what I'm saying? As, as cute and, you know, you know, as fun of a story as it is to look up at the West and have, you know, 14 teams around 500, you know, at all times. And then the Suns, somebody's going to come, somebody's going to get annihilated here at some point. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, the, the floor is going to drop out on somebody. No, I think you're right in the fact that it is the, the, the pick that lost the most value just because like of that drop off, because, the thing that we're not talking about is Jalen has two full years of being a very good player and he's making this fucking judgment based off 15 of 20 games that were not as good as you'd hope. Hold on. Let me just say, saying that you need to like get off of Jalen Brown for a draft. Yeah, pick no, he was talking about the Dallas like pick the, the, this year's games. Dallas pick. He was uh, suggesting trading uh, Jalen Brown for they this year's the Dallas playoffs. Pick. Yeah, it didn't make sense. But Jalen Brown is a really good play. Like you don't. Yeah. You I'm not believing that his value has it, declined like so substantially. Right. I, I think people expected funny, his three point shooting to, um, to get a little bit worse. But I think people are, you know, like Mark Stein made this point. He's in a different role. It's a small sample. We've seen him be really yeah, good. In, that's the thing in, in the playoffs. He's he's still the little, same player. Like. It's literally a smaller sample size than the playoffs. Yeah, I, I just don't believe his value like, has cratered, and I think it's recoverable because there's still three quarters of a season left. Yeah, three I, quarters of the season left. He's played great. Like he, it hasn't been a full season of like shitty game. L- lucky, what what time is it? Ten forty-two. You're supposed to say punishment. And it's time 
for punishment, bitch. I don't hoop no more. All I do is this. My boy right here. Other boy right there. It's all about the cook life. Yee! All I do is this. Cook life. Yee! Welcome inside, everyone. This is episode six of the ATO Show. Matt Ignall, Sam Sheehan, Lucky's Pipe, my brother Jonathan here. We're going to play a little game, as we often do. Uh, this is a new one here, though. Uh, it's called Who Said It? I'm going to read a bunch of quotes. We're going to guess uh, who is the uh, speaker of these quotes, and we're going to use that as an excuse to, to riff on them. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, quote number one. I thought he was going to go for the pump fake, and he didn't. I just tried to shoot over him. He's good. He's talented. A good defensive player. Who said it? Donald Trump. No? no? Chuck Schumer. Or Anthony, Anthony Davis, I would say. You got it. That. You got it. Yes. Probably in reference to Time Lord, uh, our Lord and Savior, who had a pretty good game last night against Anthony Davis. Uh, how, how do we feel about uh, Time Lord, guys? Well, I think Brad Stevens uh, said it best that uh, he, he held him to 41 points. <laughs> no, but it, it was on it was on thirty four shots. Thirty four shots, yeah. That's a lot of shots. I mean, Anthony Davis shooting Anthony Davis shooting fifty percent on uh, you know from the field as a big you know the guard shooting fifty percent is pretty good, but as a big man taking as many shots in close as he did, that was actually a pretty good job. And actually, a lot of Anthony Davis's points came against Daniel Tice too. Like I went back and I looked at. I'm actually writing a piece for Celtics blog. It's probably going to come out tomorrow. Um, about the game, and uh, Robert Williams played better defense than I remembered. He bit on some like fakes, and he got that one bad spin move that Anthony Davis got him on. But really, pretty complete game for you know a guy going up against one of the league MVP candidates. It was the uh, best. I mean, I mean, he was seven of seventeen versus the Lord. Yeah, yeah I got real nervous. Uh, I expected him to fail real hard especially after he got backdoored for an alley-oop on one of his first plays in the game. But, um, I mean, if this is the worst Rob Williams we're going to see, I'm super yeah. It's funny, though, because uh, we gave him so much shit for being potentially lazy, and Robert Williams was jumping for every – he was contesting every shot, going for every ball imaginable. I was surprised he had energy after how many, like – he didn't make contact, but he altered a ton of shots and was – literally hopping around the court the whole fucking game. It's insane that a guy whose athleticism is on like the level of Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan fell all the way to 27th because people were concerned about his work ethic or his maturity. I, I, I mean, That's we know this hilarious. is the wrist man's work, but yeah. it, it, it just seems absolutely insane. Well, it's it's just crazy too because what the Celtics needed was like a young athletic big, like that was like the big piece for the young core going forward. You know, Al Horford is the oldest member of the Celtics, and you know he's the one who's gonna age probably. I mean, he, at some point, we're starting to see Al has not had an elite season up to this point, but he's definitely gonna be the one to fall off the the cliff first. It looks like, and you know, the fact that the Celtics seem to have gotten a long-term balm for those wounds, you know, it's, kind of, it's insane that it worked out that way. Today seems like a good day to mention that Bill Simmons wanted to trade Marcus Smart and the pick that became Robert Williams for half a season of Tyreek Evans, and we should never let him off the hook for that. Who said it? That's my boy, David. Is it Adam Davis some... or David Adams? I, retweet I can't remember. Ah, wait, give me like three I seconds. think it's Adam Davis. Adam Davis, yeah, you're right. I was gonna guess Rosello, but shouts. 
there wasn't like some sort of weird aggressive thing about women, so correct. it couldn't have been Russell Like Not only did the Celtics become the first ranked team in every advanced stat that has ever been cooked up by the stat nerds establishment, which is even worse than the Illuminati. Marcus Smart has also purchased Tesla and SpaceX. We're going to the moon now because they actually put the best defensive guard in the league in the starting lineup. It's great. Also, uh, Smart came out and said he, I think Tom Westerholm had this quote. He said, he has not ever and will not ever watch The Office. (laughs) I didn't even need the context, but it's incredible. What, he's loyal to the British one? Nice. Yeah, he's a huge Ricky Gervais stand. Can I just say, like, he's never going to understand the office. He's never going to live in an office. He's never going to work in an office every day of his life. He just makes dunks and, like, removes the hearts of humans from their soul because it was in the way of his basketball. No, no. What what Marcus really doesn't like about it is he doesn't doesn't like the the, them like uh, making uh, buffoonish, charming light of the petite tyrants that uh, are ruining the world. He's uh, he's anti-capital. He does Can not. We all like agree he's Creed, though. He's the man. It's like, no, he's um, he's he's Mo's. Smart Creed. <laughs> I think oh, he's Mo's. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Let's move on. I'm gonna approach with eroticism. <laughs> oh, that's Afrin. <laughs> yes, from our now uh, our instant classic. Uh, the Tower of the Twin Snakes, Episode Five, which you can only find by subscribing to the ATO Show. Um, that was uh, a lot of effort went into that one. We want to thank Sam Sheen for all the writing, Efren for for all the editing, me for furiously cutting it down to make it more action oriented, LP for the artwork, Jonathan uh, for participating. Half the battle yeah, showing up. The most embarrassing part of players only is how little some of these players actually <laughs> prepare for these games. <laughs> I know this one. It's definitely Donald Trump. It's definitely Donald Trump. No, I don't. Is that Keith Smith? That is that is Keith Smith, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Shout out, fellow yeah. Celtics blog writer. Yeah, that uh, that Pelicans Celtics broadcast. Uh, if you were listening to players only, was oh, so I, awful. I I listen I listened to um, Scal and Mike on the Celtics feed. Uh, who was on the players only broadcast? It was uh, Candace, uh, I think C Webb, and who else was it? I think it was Greg Anthony and Isaiah and Candace Parker. Yeah, Isaiah was, was Isaiah Anthony? was in for a little bit, but I think C Webb started and ended it. Uh, I think Greg, Isaiah came in. Greg um, Anthony wasn't fired. Apparently not. Guess not. Or I don't, I, I don't I think, know who it was actually. Candace Candace knows what she's talking about, but the rest of it, oof. On I don't know. on Monday, she Candace did not. Parker. She was all right. I thought they got I, I, everything wrong. Wait, was this Candace Parker? Yeah. Oh, she's still bitter about Sheldon getting cut. I want to read it <laughs> a bit too much. Yeah. It was it was no good. Um, I don't like music. What? Yeah, that was uh, Chris Mannix on uh, during the commercial oh. break, uh, as recorded oh, yeah. on uh, Kyle Draper's Periscope. He doesn't like he, a lot of things. He doesn't, he doesn't like, like music. Is that true? He probably just listened to himself on loop. <laughs> There's new podcast, probably. 
That's it's it's really ironic because he looks like Zach Braff, who loves music and made a career out of it, like putting it over into his shows. So yeah, it looks like he parties. Um. Uh oh, another two and a half hour practice for them tomorrow. Uh, anyone on the oh, Bulls? Shit. Someone, yeah, yeah, someone was... talking about the Bulls. Somebody just Jimmy beat Bob. up the Bulls. It was Jimmy no, it was somebody on the Kings. It was somebody there on the Kings. The, it was a Kings game thing. Come on, I'm uh, I'm so online. Ah. I'm terrified like to look. Willie Colley Stein. I don't know who's. Who yeah, is. De'Aaron Fox or Willie Colley Stein. Those guys are cool. <laughs> Uh, probably it was uh, it was an unnamed uh, Kings player who were uh, making That's fun of the Bulls. Definitely Willie <laughs> Who were who were making fun <laughs> of the Bulls <laughs> after blowing them out? Trill, uh, that was Galabrisia. Uh, Trill, Trill is one of my favorite non-Celtics. I love him. I wish we drafted him. It was actually Papa Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Papa Giannis? He was on the Blazers for a second, right? I can't wait Somebody for the 30 for 30 short, short on um, Papayana's versus Zizic. Uh, Zizic is still in the league, so he's got it. Yeah, and Zizic wasn't, wasn't a lottery pick. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. Papayana's was a lottery pick, wasn't he? Poor Fred Hoiberg. Um, all right, mm. well, speaking, mm. <laughs> speaking of firings. Uh, he got this? to be an NBA head coach and got plausible deniability. Who said he's this? fine. He didn't have the mental capacity needed. He was dumb as a rock, and I couldn't get rid of him fast enough. He was lazy as hell. George Carl. Uh, Brian, uh, shit. Um, Danny Ainge on James Young. <laughs> Sam, how'd you miss this? This, this was Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> Rex Tillerson. As the bullets whizzed by his head, as he was saving soldiers, he woke up from his dream screaming that he lied. Next time I go to Vietnam, I will ask the dick to travel with me. That's another Trump quote from this week. All right. Um, Jesus Christ. He's having a normal one. And that wasn't even the one where he said smocking repeatedly. He's just a huge Trobolans fan. It's fine. No one is higher on Brandon Ingram than me. Oh, wait, that was everyone. Everyone was saying that this summer. Yeah. And they were all wrong. Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. After he said he would trade him to some place. Is, who would you guys rather have going forward? Lo, lo, you'd have Lonzo over Ingram, right? I would. Yeah. Right. At least I know what's Shit. there. This is a yeah. good one. <laughs> she looks just like me. I don't know if that's a good thing. Robert Williams. Drummond is girlfriend. Hillary Clinton. Andre Drummond's girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I know the actual source of this one. This was Robert Williams regarding his uh, new baby daughter. That is correct. I'm, yes. That I'm that correct? Is. Yes. Okay. He fits right in. Welcome, Time Princess. I Wait, did... can we have some serious discussion? Yeah, yeah sure. go for it. <laughs> All right, so I think the Celtics are playing really well. And they look like the old Celtics, the Celtics that we've seen the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But then you start like looking at the schedule. Yes. One quality fucking win in yes. this bunch. Like we're not going to call beating the Timberwolves without Jimmy Butler a great win. Timberwolves. Cavaliers. Uh, I think the Bulls, the Pelicans twice. That's it. 
Yeah, no, I mean, this yeah, is kind of the point of I've been smashing into the ground on like my Celtics blog things is because they the Celtics d- did play this toughest schedule in the NBA like when it was bad, and I think some of the wins, some of the losses are better than they look. Like the Mavericks like are Orlando actually, at home. Yeah, not that one, <laughs> but like uh, like the Mavericks on the road that looked bad at the time, and it's probably not as bad. The Timberwolves are actually way better since trading Jimmy Butler. Like they've ripped off a bunch of wins. But yeah, what they played the Cavs, they played the Bulls twice, uh, the Cavs somewhere like um, Hawks. It, it's a soft schedule. It's got it's gonna stay soft until Christmas. Um, they got the Bucks. They get they yeah. get the Bucks. Yeah. If I was gonna sum up the the three the th- chapters of the Celtic season, the the first chapter would be uh, the Celtics beat good teams and lost against shitty ones. And and now it's uh, fucks Thanksgiving. That's chapter two. It's a whole. It's just that's the whole chapter. And then the third chapter would be now we sh- we just shit on bad teams, and now yeah. our net rating's really good. Mm-hmm. And well, I think I think the Celtics like, are up to like what? Well, why third, were we losing to? Why did we lose to the Knicks the, twice? How is it yeah, that Marcus uh, Morris is overall. my favorite player on this team now? He's the most consistent, which is crazy. He's like he oh, he cans every open so. three pointer they give him. He gets hot every once in a while. He's it's taking crazy. it to the rim and making it at the rim. Yeah, yeah no, he's been great. He gets he so really many. Has been great. He gets so many open three pointers. That's what like throws me for a loop. It's it seems like every shot he takes, he, he just manages to find the space, and it's just butter. He's um, he's really good at not letting his shot get affected when he has to, or get letting his um his setup to the shot get affected when he like steps. When he steps by a defender or hits him with a pump fake and takes a dribble, he's he's a killer. I don't know where that yeah. came from. He's not doing like the one or two dribble, you know, pull ups <laughs> from seventeen, eighteen feet. His like go to now is that turnaround fadeaway um, from. But you he's know, earned a, a, he's earned it right now to the point where he can't. If I, yeah, he wants sure, to take a couple dribbles, fine, yeah, it. I don't care. He's like if people left Ben Simmons as open as they do, and he actually made ten like shots further than ten feet away. No, but That's everything everything's coming within the flow of the offense now, and which it really wasn't last year um, at times. Yeah. And again, again, you know that that had to do with you know the, the personnel that they had. Um, and but I mean, he's he's playing great. Uh, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, I I do believe what I'm seeing from the Celtics, even though it's against not so great teams. I mean, they're just kicking the shit yeah. out of everybody, um, and they're just playing so free, and everything's coming in rhythm. Um, of course, they're hitting shots at a at a ridiculous rate. Um, so you know, I believe it. Whether it'll keep up right now, I don't know. But they're, I mean, they're clearly playing at a high level. And you know, you you look at now the season as a whole. Maybe the record isn't doesn't totally stand out, but they have a really great net rating. Uh, the they have a great defensive rating. The offense is coming around. Um, I I believe that they've turned a corner. Um, I believe that this team has turned a corner. Now, whether they'll play this good, you know, every month in the season, I, you know, I, I doubt it. But um, I, I think that they won't reach the lows that they saw earlier in the season. And on, the, you know, uh, for for a stretch, I, I think that they, yeah, I think they're a better team now. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, they've clearly, I think they've clearly played themselves into something. You know what I'm saying? But I now, like, I don't think they're going to like lose to Orlando. You know they're not going to no show Orlando games at home again like that. That was the worst game of the season. No, that's the one team I'm worried about. <laughs> we also lost twice to the Knicks. 
Once, we once. just beat them, but once well, it once? came down to right. the last possession on the road. It felt like it, two times. It did feel like a loss because they needed Jason Tatum buzzer beater basically to <laughs> win in Madison Square Garden, but they did lose at home to the Knicks, which is not ideal. They were down um, by like twenty something in that game. That's just not happening anymore. A lot of people are right. talking, talking, uh, attributing this to the lineups. I think it's the most obvious change that we've seen, and I think it's a part of it. Uh, but they're clearly playing harder to me. Obviously, they're hitting more shots. I think they're finding more comfortability with each other. and I think they're executing a little bit better. I think they're just doing the little things um, better as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, the because, lineups of, really because of the lineups. It's two things. It's the lineups and Gordon Hayward's a good basketball player now. Yeah, sure. That yeah. Well, and also just like having having guys who know their role. Like you, the, the, that's the thing with the lineups. It's not even necessarily that like Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris are uh, better players than Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward, even though they have been so far this year. It's more of those guys know what to do. You know what I'm saying? And like Jalen and Gordon with this team as currently constructed, still didn't really know what they were doing in the starting lineup for like. Did it, well, am I supposed to score? Am I supposed to stop guys? What What is my role? What am I supposed to be doing? Versus like Marcus Smart knows I'm just going to like fuck up everyone's day. And Marcus Morris is just like, I'm going to can these shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marcus Morris is having the best season of his career by far. Uh, Marcus Smart, I also think is having the best season of his career by far. He's not only shooting the ball better, but he's being more judicious with his shots. Um, I think with that starting unit, I think he, you know, he's surrounded by so much shooting. I think he recognizes that he's really the, you know, the fifth option to score. Uh, Marcus Smart, uh, yeah, this is easily his lowest uh, usage rating of his career. It's two points. It's thirteen point five next, and it was fifteen point one his rookie season. Uh, last season, nineteen point four. So uh, that makes sense. Got that money. <laughs> full six points lower. He's already got the, he's already got the same VORP that he had last year. And his BPM is like he had a negative half BPM last year. He's got a 1.9 BPM this year. He's already got the VORP he had last year, like the total value over the whole season. <laughs> he already <laughs> he, he already did it. It's also a function of like how they were using him as like the best player on the bench unit to like prop yeah. them up. And now right now they're like, all right, here's the best players on our team. Make them better. And it's like, oh, wow, this is like a bunch of Ferraris now. Let's roll. In a, in a way, not, he is not driving Pintos. In a, in a way, he is sort of he is sort of Rondo, like low usage Rondo. You know what I'm saying? Like. He does like kind of you know run the offense, and he does. I think he does make everyone around him like a little bit better just by nature of doing all the dirty work and you know kind of creating fast breaks by like uh, you know stealing you know stealing the ball whenever he can. He's just making the right yeah. play every time. Right, he really is. Um, all right, let's let's move on. Um, let's uh, shit. Let's right, actually. Can we talk, talk Jalen Brown? Yeah. All right. So like awesome. everything's going well and everything's great and the Celtics are back and they're like this is just like I don't know every, everyone's just so optimistic but like when I look at Jalen Brown yeah the points are yeah yeah he's hitting his threes now but he's kind of regressed in like what they're asking him to do and what he's trying to do out there like he has one speed I feel like his goal right now is just to attack the hoop at will. And everything else that he tried to work on, like the facilitating, he's in he's in attack mode constantly, which is great. But I'm just not sure, like in a playoff series, how useful Jalen Brown can be if all he's going to do is just attack the rim 
every single time and not pass. John, who else has that ability to just attack the rim at will? Probably. Celtics. No, um, oh. no, it, it's it's definitely like they don't get to the line. Jalen Brown probably got to the line in the first half of the Pelicans game more than any other player has this season. But it's not pretty watching Jalen Brown force up shots and then, I don't know, I mean, it's not, he like mucks everything up, I feel like. I know, but we have a problem where like Kyrie is so good at basketball and he's so good with the ball in his hands that he avoids contact because he's, he can literally guess what the other player is doing and avoid it and just score the basketball. He's not going to get a free throw. And Jalen has the ability to have muscle and go through humans and create contact and get fouls. I, I think what's going to be interesting is I think I think what's kind of looming over all of this a little bit, um, you know, whether we as Celtics fans like it or not, um, this is just kind of the way Danny Ainge thinks. I think there's another move at some point. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if it's for, you know, Anthony Davis or, you know, if it's for if things go wrong for the Bucks if it, at some point, if it's for Giannis or something like that. But I think that Danny Ainge is going to try and make – one more guy try and bring like one more really big guy um in here at some point with some of the you know young talent he has and you know whether Jalen Brown is in that package or is you know one of the guys left after that package goes out you know then then we would know a little bit more about him I don't know where I don't know what Hayward's I think Hayward's future is more ambiguous than Jalen Brown's. I feel like yeah, we can steadily increase Jalen Brown. I think we can get him shots. I think he can be more comfortable with getting irregular touches and just being like, like hot always. And I think the bench role might be a good experience for him to learn how to like you like I know we bust on Jordan Crawford, but you need to like be able to shoot whenever we call. Wait, who busts on I would literally never do that. Yeah, who are who are these enemies of the state? He was the me. first Brad Stevens reclamation baby. project. Yeah. Oh, I, him or Matt Howard. Steve's is a kid. I, I got the wrong Crawford. I got the wrong Crawfish. That's Jamal Crawford, brother. Jamal Sorry. Crawford. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say. What do you, you, you disrespect Steve? Crawford. Yeah. Why would you disrespect Steve like that? I think I think kind of the, the the thing with this team is we're starting to see a, a gap be bridged a little bit between the young guard that's sort of coming up and you know the older guys who are brought in to like help now. You know, uh, Al Horford's entering what could be the last year of his contract. Um, Al's quietly had not a great season, but he was also like a huge part of why they came back. You know, um, Gordon Hayward will be going into the la- what could be the last year of his contract next year if, like, he starts playing well. Um, and, you know, it'll end up... You know, I think Kyrie is the only real constant here because he's young enough to sort of bridge the gap and he's already probably making that commitment for, like, a full five years. So, you, you know, you got to kind of... The Celtics are still really kind of trying to figure out who their core is going to be for, like, the next four or five years. Um, and, and I think that's up in the air. And I think that kind of affects how, you know, we look no. at some of these guys, you know, it's, it's normally to see this team and say, there's new, there's too many players. I'm, I'm living in California. There's too many players on this team that are good at basketball. I just don't think Jalen Brown's going to be the odd man out. I think that player's probably going to be semi. Like if you look at the stats, semi's playing out of his freaking mind. He's making every player around him better. He plays in really limited minutes. He has almost no opportunity 
to speak he of. He can fucking hit he, a layup this year. Yeah, he can hit a layup. He stopped Giannis, probably one of the best players in the Eastern Conference in a playoff series. He's shown up when the winning matters, and he also is given like probably less than 15 minutes a game unless they're up by like 20. So it's like that's the guy that I don't know if they're going to resign, and I he's probably going to play a bigger role and be a better player on another team. Um, all right, final thoughts here before we wrap up. Uh, it doesn't have to be Celtics; could be anything. Um, take a moment, think about it. Let's... I've always loved Jimmy Butler. I listen to JJ Reddick's podcast on the Ringer Network, and um, I'm even more in love with Jimmy Butler. I thought I didn't mind anything he said. Everything that's come out with the Timberwolves thing, I've always been on Team Jimmy and anti Wiggins at all costs. Um, how do you guys? Did you guys listen to the podcast? Are the Wahlbergs paying you? If you, if so, just wink once. <laughs> we won't tell anybody. Just Donnie. Um, right. Yes, I'm. I'm Team Jimmy as well. Uh, even if he's uh, trying to uh, make a myth of himself, make himself, <laughs> make himself a legend. Um, he's trying a little too hard, but. That's okay. He's he's still pretty if cool. He's, if he starts talking about how he's like handcrafted this leather like launching device that he like throws marbles and stuff, and he took down this really big person that he met in the woods, I'd probably say bullshit. But he's good. Um, around the NBA, thoughts, complaints, comments, Lucky's pipe. Uh, I don't have anything. I've I've done it. Enough bad this this spot. Sam Sheehan. <laughs> I'm I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, the Celtics are playing better. Um, I, I'm a big fan of that. Um, again, if you have any uh, complaints with according to Sam if if you really think that I've I've uh, done a bad job or you have any disagreements with any statements I've ever said in my life, please direct them to my manager Matt Ignall. Um, put add Twitter. Um, go into his DMs. Uh, write him letters. Try and um, call his phone. Do whatever you need to do. Please just let Matt know. Don't let me know. Let direct them all to Matt. Yeah, I can use the friends. Um. <laughs> Matty, you're a manager if now. You're gonna, if so you're gonna. Br- if you're going to mess around, at least give them the follow so you can get the DMs, man. Come on. Dribble, dribble, dribble right in front of the Celtics bench. Dribble, dribble, dribble. 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 Welcome to a special edition of the ATO Show. I am Zaire, one of your uh, special stars of the show. So, yeah, I'm here in freezing cold. Here in Terre Haute, Indiana, there you see Larry Bird's groin right there. <laughs> but this is the Larry Legend statue. This thing is huge. It's bigger than everybody. It's the biggest thing in Terre Haute. You know, I had some business to take care of in Terre Haute, but I made this pilgrimage to uh, see the Larry Bird statue. It's cold here, man. Very cold. But I could not leave here. And usually I don't sightsee. But I could not leave here without seeing this, man. This is special right here. And I will say this, man. A lot of people say, oh, if Larry Bird played, he wouldn't be as great as he was uh, because he's slow. And shut up. Larry Bird is the greatest uh, small forward of all time. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you what he would have done. That dude faced fast guys back in the 80s. It was a bunch of fast guys. Xavier McDaniel, uh, Dominique Wilkins. Shoot, Charles Barkley was fast, believe it or not. Larry Bird, basketball royalty. 
you know, I, you ain't supposed to kneel before graven images, you know. But if I could. <laughs> but you know what? Larry Bird, man, he had this special thing inside of him that would not let him surrender to those who had other assets that he may not have had. This dude was obsessed with being the best, and that's why he was that. You dig what I'm saying? I pray in front of this statue like three times a day if I could, but I can't because I don't want to go to hell. So that's why he has a statue here at Terre Haute. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they say, well, could uh, Larry Bird beat LeBron? Hell yeah, he could beat LeBron James. This guy right here is the greatest small forward in the history of basketball. And he could play in any era, and he'd be better in any era. So, yo, once again, ATO Show. Make sure you check it out. And uh, just have to let you guys see this beautiful piece of work. This is like the greatest statue in the history of mankind.